0: Casting live from atop the Rocky Mountains, the crossroads of the West. West. You are listening to the Liberty Roundtable Radio Talk Radio Show Talk Show.
1: All right. Happy to have you along, my fellow Americans. Sam Bushman live on your radio. Hard-hitting news the network refused to use, no doubt, starts now. This, my fellow Americans, is the broadcast for November the 6th in the year of our Lord 2021. This is our one of two and our goal always to protect life, liberty, and property and to promote God, family, and country on your radio and the traditions of our founding fathers. Yes, indeed, ladies and gentlemen, we use the blueprint for liberty, the supreme law of the land, the constitution for the United States of America is indeed our guide. The checks and balances brilliantly put in place by the Founding Fathers. One of the great peaceful restorative solutions we have at our fingertips. And as you know, we reject revolution. We stand for peaceful restoration of the greatest country on the face of the earth. Welcome to Liberty Roundtable Live. Wow, we're live six days a week. On the 7th, we take a break and rest as the good Lord asks us to. Let's talk about yesterday's recap really quick. Yesterday, we had on Chris Carlson for the first hour. Without God, we can never win. With God, we can never lose. The battle for freedom is the Lord's, but we need to be engaged in the fight, says Chris Carlson. Amen to that. We had a discussion of all things liberty, ladies and gentlemen. We talked about Olivia Dawn sharing her personal experience. She tells the tale of January 6th in Washington, D.C., and she says, that is not the voice you want to listen to. As she highlighted the reality that, you know what, there were a lot of good people there. And she felt the good people and their agenda and their desire to make things better in America. And then she felt when certain people spoke, certain things happened, the tide turned. And she got a feeling in her gut and she got a prompting in her mind that is not the voice you want to listen to. In other words, she firsthand witnessed documents, provocateurs in the crowd, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, And that really dovetails with Joel Skousen's incredible 19-page dissertation on the still small voice of conscience, Joel Uh, I've got it in the show notes if you wanna get that dissertation, it's in a PDF, but it's 19 pages on the still small voice of conscience. And Joel says we have a sixth sense that we have been gifted by Almighty God to help us through the vicissitudes of life. In other words, all the challenges and difficulties and confusions that We've got a sixth sense, and you got to hone it. you got to develop it. you got to work on it. you got to listen to it. you got to pay attention to it. you got to nurture it and nurse it, or you'll lose it, or you'll become oblivious to it. One of the realities is sometimes you'll get an interruption of the train of thought. Sometimes you'll get reminders. Sometimes you get promptings. Sometimes you get nervous feelings. All those things can help you learn to ferret out what these small voices are telling you. And a really, really great Um, conversation between me and Chris Carlson uh, about this yesterday about learning to listen to the Holy Ghost about learning to pay attention the Lord can protect you the Lord can guide you the Lord can prevent you from making mistakes and every one of us has this still small uh, voice from God that can guide us and give us these but you cannot squelch it you cannot ignore it you cannot disobey it the more you do that the more it goes away pretty soon you become past feeling and you can't tell but if you nurse it, if you pay attention to it, if you foster it, if you work on it, uh, you will um, get closer and closer to God, and he can give you the guidance that is necessary. Even in the uh, King J- James Bible, in James, it says, you know what, if you lack wisdom, let him ask of God who will give to all men liberally and abradeth not. That means women too, by the way, I mean mankind, right? Nevertheless, uh, this is guidance that you can you receive. It was a great conversation. And then we compared that to my statement, shame on we the people, uh, using the let's go Brandon chant. At first, it sounds good. It sounds funny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's go, Brandon. But ladies and gentlemen, Americans in large numbers recognize and even approve of the recent chant criticizing Joe Biden that goes, let's go, Brandon. But it's really euphemism for, you know what, F Joe Biden. I'm not fond of that phrase. I think it takes us to a moral low. I reject it. I understand the desire the fun. But look, it came out of a reporter's lie to cover up what the crowd was saying. Well, you know what? The crowd shouldn't have been saying it in the first place. If you don't like Joe, there's ways to solve the problem. But saying F the president of the United States, whether you agree or not that he's a legitimate president, is another discussion entirely. But we shouldn't be saying that. Believe it or not, Governor Ron DeSantis then dovetailed on that. When you look at the Biden, when you look at the Brandon administration, he said, so now you got, you know what, let's go, Brandon. And then you got the Brandon administration. What that really means is the Biden effed up administration, right? The energized crowd erupted after he said that. And then, uh, you know, the crowd loved it. The Biden administration, the Brandon administration, then they loved it. And then they started shouting, let's go, Brandon. Will you use the let's go, Brandon phrase to refer to the Biden administration? I won't. Because I believe we have a, we're going to a low in America, and it's one thing for a war of words. It's another thing when crowds start to chant. Pretty soon, if you're not careful, you stir up a crowd to mom mentality, and you're you're not able to control it anymore. And I know you say, Sam, we're not to that point yet. Okay, maybe not. But the rioters in Seattle that created Chaz were, and we're not that far in America from you know erupting in school board meetings and everything else to where literally you could start to have a war on your hands before you even know it. What I mean is you can whip people up into a frenzy, but if you're not very careful, you lose control. All right, so the latest chant now, uh, in, in addition to F Joe Biden or, quote, let's go, Brandon, or the Brandon administration, is this. Latest chant, Kamala is a whore. And again, you can say she is. She slept her way to the top. There's evidence of that with Willie Brown and et cetera, et cetera. But you know what? I'm not so sure that I'm ready to say F the president and the vice president's a whore. And, uh, okay, how far are we going? What's next? Where will we go? How far, how bad can it get? I don't know the answer. But I know the history of America points to some real serious concern. It got so bad, the trashing of the Mormons, the members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints back in the 1800s, 1830s and 40s, right, 50s. It got so bad that literally it evolved into eventually governor of Missouri, Governor Boggs, literally declaring an extermination order on all Mormons, males, females, women, children, an extermination order. And when the Mormons, the members of the Church of Jesus Christ of the United States, appealed to the federal government for help, the president, Van Buren, said, you know what, your cause is just, but I can do nothing for you. How close are we to that in America today? Sorry, you unvaxed terrorist. Your cause is just, but I can do nothing for you. Uh, where are we going in America? It's a very big concern indeed. Uh, the red wave countdown clock has begun. One year, both chambers, let's go, they say. National Victory Action Fund. Former House Speaker Newt Gingrich is predicting that there will be more than a wave for Republicans in 2022. It'll be a tsunami red wave. That's good old Newt, the guy that cheated on his wives and melted down uh, 25 years ago, and he had a contract with. Now we mock it and call it the contract on America. Bush divides the nation on 20th anniversary of 9-11, likens terrorists to some Americans. Do You see the rhetoric that's starting to sprout? You have a right to free speech in the First Amendment, I agree, but how Wiser you when you use it, huh? New Tucker Carlson documentary, Patriot Purge, shows the true story behind January 6th. Liberal media trashes the film, says nothing but conspiracy theories. I think Tucker's right. It's spot on. But new digital driver's licenses set to have your vaccine status and social credit score on them. Utah's one of the states in the lead on that. From Biden's family business via the GOP? Is Joe Biden's family corrupt? Well, of course it is. We all agree. But Hunter Biden is under investigation by federal prosecutors for money laundering relating to his sketchy foreign business ties. But you know what? Joe Biden and Hunter share a bank account and no accountability. Biden doubles down businesses must force vaccine mandate by January the 4th. OSHA releases vaccine mandate affecting 84 million private sector workers. 84 million. Ron DeSantis says, hey, Joe's mandate's going down. Time will tell, but OSHA COVID-19 vaccine rule may be extended to small businesses with less than 100 employees. Rapper Cuddy Camro wants people to know that his lyrics don't really um, equate to a threat against Joe Biden. Here's his lyrics. F Joe Biden. It's interesting to me that the esteemed, quote, whacked out rapper and the American people in the conservative movements are using the same terms. F. Joe Biden. Facebook announced that it's shutting down its Facebook recognition system. They say they're going to get rid of the scans of over a billion people's faces. I don't trust Facebook at all. Sounds good like they're getting rid of something and doing what's right, but there's probably a more sinister plan down the road. Times reports, that's the New York Times reports that subscriptions are nearing 8.4 million. Donald Trump predicted the New York Times was going away, but they're getting bigger than ever. Digital subscriptions fueling their efforts. Americans love fake news, it looks like to me. Los Angeles County Sheriff Alex Villanueva doing a great job. He doubled down on Tuesday on his refusal to enforce vaccine mandates. He says, look, it causes a threat if all my officers leave over the mandate uh, and I don't have the ability to run my police department. (laughs) Wow, there you have that. So that's a recap of the news that took place yesterday on Liberty Roundtable Live. And I want to go back to this Um, F. Joe Biden. Kamala's a whore. The rapper F. Joe Biden. FBI looking into the rapper and then saying, oh, no harm, no foul, no big deal. Uh, And then uh, government literally calling people terrorists. Parents are terrorists, says the FBI because they're, um, you know, at school board meetings, not very happy with perverted sex being taught and critical race, dishonest, racist theory going on and everything else, and parents are mad, and FBI and everybody else, Justice Department, saying, hey, yeah, parents are terrorists there. Um, domestic threat everywhere. And white supremacists and crazy parents think they're in charge of their kids. The battle rages on. But where does this F. Joe Biden, Kamala's a whore stuff end up uh, if we let it and if we nurse it and if we coax it? Where does it go? We'll talk about that with Sheriff Mack.
2: On your radio.
3: How
4: do you know your child loves you? When he calls and he says, "Uh, Dad, why don't we uh, go fishing? Just
0: very simple, but it it really counts. make a song up and they come into our bedroom and say, we made a song, and will you listen?
3: Our next oldest daughter came to me with tears in her eyes, and she said, "Daddy, I just thank you for coming home every night when we were growing up." My out.
5: son does the nicest things. When he's playing outside, he'll come in and just give me a hug, and run right back outside. My daughter goes to the same high school that
6: I'm the registrar at, and I'll go into my office after the bell has rung, and there's a note on my desk. And it'll usually say, Mom, I love you. I'm thinking about you. And I
7: think of my boy that uh, we finally got him through graduation. and He came up to me and said, I made it. Thanks. Family.
6: Isn't it about time? That's all I said. And that meant everything to me.
3: From the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints.
4: I have a question. Can a nation conceived in liberty carry its head high if it denies protection to the youngest and most vulnerable of its citizens? Can a country founded on God-given rights continue to thrive without understanding that life is a precious gift from our Creator? I believe that great nations and great civilizations spring from a people who have a moral compass. I don't think a civilization can long endure that does not have respect for all human life, born and not yet born. I will be in earnest. I will not equivocate and I will not excuse. I will not retreat an inch and I will be heard. One thing I promise you, I will always take a stand for life.
1: All right, back with you live, ladies and gentlemen. Sam Bushman on your radio, the good sheriff. Sheriff Mac joins us, president of the CSPOA, the Constitutional Sheriffs and Peace Officers Association. Welcome back to Liberty Roundtable Live, sir.
7: Thanks, Sam. It's great to be with you this beautiful Saturday morning.
1: It is a beautiful Saturday morning. What do you think of the F uh, Joe Biden chants, the Brandon administration, the Kamala's Kamala The the whole effort? I find it demeaning.
7: Well, it is, and it's uh, it's just too debased for me, and I, I did see it on the news uh, a couple of nights ago, and I, I told Don about it, and how it evolved, the evolution of, it, of the term, I thought was a little bit funny, but I did not like the original uh, chant, uh, I, you know, I don't approve of that word. I don't use it in my personal life. I don't use it in my public life. And, uh, uh, I've had some boys that have used that word in front of me and I've said, you don't, you've not learned that word in our home. We don't use that word in our home. Don't use it in my home. Uh, and so it's, we, I've kind of gone the rounds with that word. I, I, when I taught school, um, I heard a student using it once in a different school, not Heritage Academy. Um, I've heard it at Heritage Academy before, but this one happened when I was subbing at a, a different high school. And I told him, I said, you're not to use that word in this classroom. And he goes, why? Everybody does it. And he said, what big deal is it? And I said, uh, are you a senior? And he said, yes. I said, are you going to graduate this this spring? Yes. Are you going to be looking for a job? He said, yes. And I said, when you get that job interview, I want you to use that word 10 times during the interview and let's see if you get the job, okay? And he said, good point. And I said, yeah, it's not accepted uh, widely as you might be saying. And it also shows a lack of upbringing and a lack of class. And, And I think that's the same thing with all of us here. I don't approve of Joe Biden and what he is doing, what he represents. Uh, He is not mentally competent. Um, You can tell it in so many different ways, the way he walks, the way he's bewildered numerous times, the way he forgets things. Obviously, that was the case this week when they asked him about the $450,000 payments, when uh, Ducey, the reporter from Fox News, asked him about it. That got a lot of coverage and a lot of traction, and the, the trouble of it is it, this man is not uh, mentally competent. He's, he's not physically capable or mentally capable of doing this job. I do blame his wife and his handlers. I think his wife is one of the biggest liars to America because she knows that he is not competent and that he's not well. And yet they continue to parade him around instead of taking care of his health and getting him help. Uh, they parade him around like uh, he knows what he's doing and it's a shame. And it, and it, it is pathetic how they're using this man. Uh, and he is just a front and a puppet and they should be getting him help. And, and I'm, I'm sure uh, to an extent they do, but his, the help, uh, Comes first, and he they should be trying to help him, and it would be a, a daily thing that he would need to be trying to do. And I'm I'm ashamed I'm ashamed of all of that, but I, I will not participate, and I do not encourage anyone uh, to do this. Uh, let's go, Brandon thing, and and I think how that evolved was uh, was funny. Okay, it was, and that's where it should stop, and. We need to get back to being a little bit more respectful th- than that. And I'm not saying that Biden and his administration deserve any, but it's not a, an attack on him. It shows who we are when we participate in such vulgarity. And it's it's not a it's not a a, a cut at him. It's a cut at us that do it. And and we got to be a little bit higher class people than that. I hope. There you have
1: it, ladies and gentlemen. All I'm telling you is I don't go for it, and I don't really like, you know, they try to say this exposes the reporter who lied. What I think it does is it lets us buy into the lie, that we're now going to say a phrase that wasn't really uttered uh, to make up for our or to try to tame down our displeasure, but yet the same meaning is there. Everybody knows what it means. Everybody, okay, and you would say this. Well, Sam, other slogans are too much more complicated. The reason it went so well is because it's just so – easy let's go brandon but why don't we say something like this paper ballots that's two words not even let's go brandon three words paper ballots that would mean something why don't we say uh it's about honesty why don't we chant uh, something like that or election integrity or um there's so many ways that we could have something meaningful that would really be valuable uh sheriff mac in my opinion but what we do is we debase ourselves and literally in my in my view virtually make fools of ourselves as we continue down this road i mean literally by nature the Clinton, uh, biden administration and all those around biden democrats etc uh, liberals whatever term you want to use deep staters they almost by nature of doing nothing hold the moral high ground when we do that
7: yeah and that's true sam and and uh I- I just think this whole thing uh, needs to be uh, less hate and more love, that we act out of love for our country and love for ourselves and love for our families. And love for America should be our motivation, not hate. And it, it does stir anger when we witness such destruction to American liberty, God-given liberty, and, and yes, I, I am uh, upset and mad and angered about that, but it's still uh, something that we must keep our wits about, and we must be focused uh, emotionally on doing the right thing and, and not causing more uh, – adding more fuel to the fire. And uh, it it is time to replace the hate. And the only way you can do that. And it's time
1: to do something meaningful, though. People don't really run for office. People don't put their money where their mouth is at the precinct level to demand accountability. But yet they want to run around and say, F the president and Kamala's a whore. Um, You know, it doesn't, in my opinion, have any real restorative value. And that's why I talk about I'm not for revolution. I'm for restoration. I want to point my thoughts and my actions to things that will actually make a difference to restore the republic using the traditions of our founders, the morality of our forebears um, as our guide, Sheriff. And I think that's really where the rubber meets the road. Are you just interested in going and chanting something um, or whatever? Is it entertainment? Is it bread, sir, bread and circus, blood and circus? Or is this a meaningful restoration we're after here? And I think people need to really contemplate that point.
7: Yeah, they do. And we, we need to remember who we are and, and stand for what America stands for and, and, and represents. <clears throat> and I remember I was on a talk show with a guy once, and it was his show, and he used the word a couple of times. And uh, during the break, I, I talked to him about it, and I said, "Do you know what? I said, I totally really like your show. But we need to uh, stay above the fray, and we need to emulate the Founding Fathers. And I don't believe that any of the Founding Fathers would be using that, that language. And I, I said, we need to really show respect for the people listening and respect for ourselves. And he has uh, thanked me for that since then. And uh, he said, I, I, I needed the reminder. Uh, well, right now, Sam, I think our country needs the reminder. We're not that kind of people, and we don't use that word, and we don't, we, we don't debase uh, the, the office of, of the president in such a manner, <clears throat> even though he might be in there illegally, and even though uh, a lot of the, his administration is a dictatorship, And even though they are destroying our country, uh, we should not destroy ourselves and destroy uh, anything about the motives that we have in our hearts. And uh, we we don't want to represent the other side.
1: Our founders said that our nation was only worthy of a moral and a religious people and was inadequate for the governing of any other. And I'm just asking my fellow Americans— if we are a moral and a religious people, do we run around and call people whores, whether it's true or not? And do we run around saying, F the President of the United States, where, You know, and hey, everything's illegitimate? And at some point, where do you go and what do you intend to gain uh, from that? I submit to you, there's a better way to restore the republic, ladies and gentlemen. There's a better way to advocate as we follow the Prince of Peace. If, and the big question is, if in fact we do follow the Prince of Peace, do we in America? That's becoming questionable, too, and that's of even greater concern. Hold the moral high ground, people.
0: Your daily Liberty Newswire. You're listening to Liberty News Radio.
3: USA Radio News with
4: Lance
0: Pry. New unemployment numbers from the Labor Department were just released. The number of Americans seeking first-time jobless benefits dropped again last week. Initial filings for unemployment benefits seen as a proxy for layoffs fell to 269,000. That's down 14,000 from the prior week's level. The Occupational Safety and Hazard Administration, or OSHA, is giving employers with more than 100 employees a January 4th deadline to comply with President Biden's COVID-19 vaccine mandate and threatening thousands of dollars in fines for defiant businesses. Considering an airborne virus outside of a hospital environment, a work hazard is a first for the agency. Separate from OSHA, the Center for Medicaid and Medicare Services are issuing a rule to require health workers in facilities that participate in Medicare and Medicaid be fully vaccinated. The CMS rule also goes into effect January 4th. This is USA Radio News. With confusion around
6: vaccinations, masks, and public screenings, it's important to know the symptoms of COVID and its variants. Fever is the leading sign, so make sure to use an accurate thermometer for your family. Only the Exergen Temporal Standard Thermometer has been proven accurate. With more than 100 clinical studies, non-contact thermometers have no clinical evidence behind them and cannot be relied on. Be vigilant and be accurate with Exergen. Learn more at exergen.com. Exergen is changing the
8: way the world takes temperature.
3: From city streets to back roads, from road warrior to carpooler, there are some things you can always count on, like the reliability, durability, and power of Die Hard, America's most trusted auto battery. No matter where your journey takes you, count on Die Hard to get you started on the road ahead. Available at your local Advance Auto Parts and participating CarQuest stores.
0: Although a recount has been requested, It looks as if the governor's mansion in New Jersey will not have a new occupant. Thank you, New
5: Jersey. No, that's not Bruce Springsteen, but it is the newly re-elected New Jersey Governor, Democrat Phil Murphy, celebrating last night after Tuesday's election results finally came into focus. It appears he has won with a lead of under 20,000 votes over the Republican challenger, Jack Cittarelli, a New Jersey Assembly member. Governor Murphy celebrating. The
1: first Democratic governor re-elected in the great state of New Jersey since my dear friend...
5: In the New England Bureau of USA Radio News, I'm Chris
0: Barnes. The company Smartmatic filed separate defamation lawsuits against Newsmax and One America News Network Wednesday, accusing the networks of knowingly peddling disinformation about its voting technology during the 2020 presidential election. They say a disinformation campaign harms Smartmatic's business model. USA Radio News.
1: All right, the good sheriff, Richard Mack, with me, CSPOA.org. I am Sam Bushman. We have sad news to report. John Statmiller has passed away November 5th. That's yesterday, unexpectedly. After battling a respiratory illness, RIP, rest in peace, Brother John, is my response. John Statmiller is a well-known talk show host. He used to do the... uh, uh, Infotel Report, uh, he uh, owned, or I should say founded and owned, or whatever you want to say, ran uh, Republic Broadcasting, uh, the radio network. He had a lot of talk shows and everything else. If you go to their website now, republicbroadcasting.org, it says, hey, hold off on donations. I'm sure that um, they're making some adjustments. I don't know what's happening to the network. I don't really have any inside intel. Uh, if anybody wants to call in and has more information on this, 208 6100-208-216-6100. Would love to take your calls on that. Uh, all I'm telling you is that uh, he's passed away. It's a sad tale, uh, and um, it's verified because it's on the Republic website. It's also verified because I saw a um, an obituary in Ohio from a funeral home uh, regarding it. Our prayers are with Sandy, his wife, uh, and uh, family, and their loved ones, and uh, it's a sad day. Sheriff, you want to add to that? Yeah, I knew
7: uh, I knew that you knew him uh, pretty well, and and uh, both of us have had uh, a, a pretty long association with him. And uh, I hadn't been on the show for a couple of years now, and and I was really shocked uh, when I got that email, and uh, didn't have any details, but uh, I uh, I was really shocked by it. And uh, John has been a fighter for liberty and freedom for a long time, and he will be sorely missed.
1: We don't know all the details. Some say it was unexpected, but some say he was battling a respiratory illness. I don't know if that means that COVID became part of it. I I just don't know, and I don't want to speculate because I don't know. I know that he's gone. I know that it's sad that he's gone. I know that I don't know what's going to happen to his network at all, Uh, and I know that our pressure with the family. That's really all I have to say. Um, You know, John and I had our differences, but I agree with you. He was a freedom fighter in his own way. And, uh, he brought a lot of news and a lot of knowledge to a lot of people, Sheriff.
7: Yeah, he did. And he was pretty unique in his approach and, uh, he was, uh, well respected and I, I think it was a, a, a great, uh, moment in his life when he, uh, took the stage and, uh, it, you know, he was a great public speaker. And, um, I remember what way back when I was doing the Brady bill, he, uh, he uh, he used a lot of metaphors and whatnot describing me and the the Mac-ites and stuff like that. He was um, he he was uh, a, a lot of person. He showed a lot of personality in what he did, and um, I I'm grateful that I got to know him, and uh, I'm, I'm really sad at his passing.
1: He was 74 years old, uh, from what we understand. So in my opinion. Uh, fairly young. I would love to see him live into his 80s and his 90s, uh, but you know what? The Lord has need of him uh, on the other side. Uh, so there you have that, ladies and gentlemen. If anybody else has uh, more information, would love to hear it. 208-216-6100. And uh, Senator Rand Paul now calling for Anthony Fauci to resign. He says he's lied to Congress too many times. He needs to resign and resign now. And uh, um. Rand Paul, senator of Kentucky, also filing a criminal complaint. Who knows where that will go against Fauci. But really, no offense, but the only real senator that I see standing up against Anthony Fauci, the only real Republican or real conservative in any way in, um, I don't know what you call it, high-end public circles or influential uh, public, is Rand Paul. Nobody else seems to be speaking out hardly at all, despite all the criminal activity of Anthony Fauci. It is shocking uh, the negative or lack of response from most, uh, but I commend Rand Paul, Sheriff.
7: Yeah, I do too. I've uh, I've criticized uh, Senator Paul a couple of times in his handling with the, of uh, Sam Gerard situation. But uh, I have still said that uh, if he were to run for office, he would be the one I would vote for. I uh, would still like to uh, call his attention to what he did or didn't do to help this innocent man. Uh, and we still need to address innocence in prison. And I'm sure that if he would sit down and look at it, he would. However, I do really support what he's doing against Fauci. And you have to ask yourself, where are the rest of the Republican wimps? And it's uh, it's astonishing how... No, it isn't. It's, it's Washington, D.C., as usual, that they do not stand for anything of significance uh, because all they care about is their next donation and their next reelection, And it, it's really sad that, that Washington, D.C. politics has been reduced to that, but that's exactly what it is. And Rand Paul is exposing that as much as he is anything else about the dishonesty of Fauci. And I have said that Fauci's a liar. You have said that he's a liar. And Rand Paul is standing alone, as his father did, numerous times in Washington, D.C., as the only one who will tell it like it is. Uh, I'm sure that uh, there's a couple of other uh, House of Representatives that would say the same thing about Fauci. I
1: think there's a lot even, that would say it, but they're not making it their it, focal point. And it, it, even it then, they don't. It they don't. political capital, I think, right? Yes, yes. Where are you going to expend your political capital? Uh, and no. sadly, the, the spending of your political capital is manipulated by the other side of the discussion oftentimes. How much do you give on this altar, for example? Uh, and I think that's kind of a question a lot of people ask. You know, Who will you endorse for candidates? Well, it all comes down to how much political capital, how much of a hit can you take on that candidate, and are they worth it? <laughs> and it, whether it's a, a political capital on a person or political capital on, a, on an idea or an issue – uh, that's part of the reason I think Donald Trump jettisoned the get to the bottom of the birth certificate discussion when he became president. It was a political capital discussion. How much time and money can he spend on that discussion? Uh, a lot of times that's what it comes down to, sadly. And I'm frustrated when people don't stand with us on certain issues. Uh, but uh, to some degree, I get it, too. In the real world, it's a very difficult give and take, Sheriff.
7: Yes, and, and I, I think – I don't know if you wanted to go here yet, but I think this segues right into the 13 rhinos, the 13 Republicans who supported Biden's uh, and mostly supported Pelosi's uh, Yeah, so that's exactly
1: where we're going. The quick summary, and then we'll get into the 13 that you mentioned. Pelosi finally did get her vote on the, quote, trillion-dollar bipartisan, they claim, infrastructure bill. At 11 p.m. last night, ladies and gentlemen, the bill passed by a vote of Two hundred and twenty eight to two hundred and six, with the support of thirteen quote moderate Republicans. And without them, Pelosi's efforts would have literally failed, ladies and gentlemen. They say the bill is now off to President Biden Biden's desk where he will sign it into law
7: and add two hundred and fifty six
1: billion to the the Senate hasn't
7: passed it yet though, have they? I think they have. No, I don't think so. All right. I think the House did it first, and now it goes over to the Senate. But, but they think uh, they think that what I saw on the internet is that they they believe it'll pass there too because Mansion is now um, acquiescing, and I don't know about Cinema uh, out in Arizona, which I, she has totally shocked me that she's been this strong against it. I don't know what she's doing. I think it's a ploy. I don't trust her. She's not a good person. She never has been. And uh, uh, I I don't know what she's doing. I'm, I'm shocked that she has showed this much fortitude. And, and again, and that her, a part, her own party is uh, really harassing her, uh, downright uh, scaring her.
1: Yeah, they passed it on Tuesday. Her. The Senate passed it on Tuesday, Sheriff.
7: They did pass it on Tuesday. Because the only thing I saw is that that during uh, in August, uh, the Senate passed it. I kind of I guess a preliminary thing that they were going to. But, huh? Because I thought Manchin was still holding out. I don't see how that would have passed. But okay, I stand corrected. I don't know. But, uh, yeah, I guess I guess it's going to be now the I'm, law. Now man. I'm
1: struggling. No, because they did pass it. But you're right. It was a little bit ago. And how long does that last versus how long do they need to repass it? Or how many differences are they just to we're going to reconcile the differences? Are they already passed that? I don't know. Yeah. Cause
7: these articles aren't showing what's, what's the status of the bill. It's just showing that, that, uh, that yeah. I see, I see what you're saying now. It.
1: I, I'm telling you that it says the Senate, Senate passed it, but now you're right. I look at it and it's like, well, wait a minute, that was a little bit ago. Does that still stand?
7: Yeah. Yeah. I don't think so. I don't think it really has passed there yet because They've been going after Cinema and Mansion for holding out, and uh, the last comment I saw this morning from Mansion is that he wasn't going to let the bill be held hostage anymore. So, but I don't think I don't think they've voted yet.
1: Uh, well, I you know, hope you're right, but I see news stories saying it's going to Knighton's desk.
7: Okay, well it must be going there then. Ladies and gentlemen,
1: we don't know what the heck's going on. We'll dig into it, keep you posted on your radio as we're live. We have a whole lot of news, the network reviews to use to talk about. By the way, there's a clock battle going on. We'll tell you about it in seconds. Liberty Roundtable, live with Sarah Richard Mack. All right. It turns out the six Democrats voted against the spending bill, and 13 Republicans voted in favor. So you get a few. You know, they say House passes stripped-down infrastructure bill, <coughs> sending it to Joe. I, everything I see says it's passed to Joe. I want someone to tell me that, hey, the Senate passed it back in August, which is what it looks like. The problem is, I'm not able to see. Uh, <coughs> confirmation that the senate's passing it um yeah, it, it still doesn't make
7: sense because if it already passed why why the last three months haranguing cinema and mansion if it already passed that wouldn't have been yeah. necessary
1: every article though i'm telling you i've looked at t- 20 articles now and everyone says the house passed it they're sending it to joe but you only send it to joe if the senate's passed it right
7: yeah i know yeah so
1: Anyway, ladies and gentlemen, I know we seem like we're idiots on the air, but you know what? This is live radio, is and sometimes you just can't track down live facts because they passed this late last night at like 11 p.m. So we're struggling this morning to get information. Um, in the meantime, though, they're calling it the clock clash, Sheriff. 19 you know states what? are seeking to make daylight savings time year-round. USA Today, it's called the Clock Clash. They say a federal law would be required. And I really want to focus on this for a second because remember tonight, ladies and gentlemen, or when you wake up tomorrow and you set your clocks back one hour if you're in most states. Now, here's what's interesting about the Clock Clash. They say that it takes federal law (coughs) to deal with this. And I find this fascinating, Sheriff. If we want to be concerned about all the government has in our lives in terms of uh, manipulating our lives involved in our lives you know the founding fathers envisioned a federal government or a general government not really involved in their lives at all but we've got to the point where even the time of day is controlled by your federal government in the last four years believe it or not 19 states have enacted legislation or passed resolutions to provide for year-round daylight savings time if Congress will allow such a change. The 19 states, just so you know, are Alabama, Georgia, Minnesota, Mississippi, Montana, Idaho, Louisiana, Ohio, South Carolina, Utah, Wyoming, Arkansas, Delaware, Maine, Oregon, Tennessee, Washington, Florida, and California, okay? Okay? Uh, but they say there's nothing they can really do, okay, <clears throat> because the federal government decides this. The only thing that the states can do is reject it and stay on, quote, standard time. The only power individual states and or territories have under the guideline is they can go on standard time permanently, but most people are advocating for daylight time. <clears throat> now, they say Arizona, Hawaii, Guam, American Samoa, Puerto Rico, and the Virgin Islands all stay on, standard time now but despite what the states want to do they say to ditch the two times a year changing the clocks would require an act of congress now a bipartisan group are putting the sunshine act together to try to solve this problem but it's a clock clash of epic proportions and the reason i bring it up sheriff is to remind everybody one to set their clocks back one hour but more importantly to say, you know what, if we can't get, and we've been working on this for literally decades now, if we can't get the federal government out of our time, I don't know what else you're going to solve, Sheriff.
7: <laughs> well, that was I You exactly. can't even ask the
1: time of day without the federal government mandate in place. States don't have any autonomy. What, what other control do we have? I know it sounds like a simple, stupid point, but I think it's critical to understand. You can move big mountains if you can't solve this one. Right. Who the heck likes daylight save, or who likes the manipulation of our time twice a year? Can you is there anybody that really advocates for it?
7: Well, it was a suggestion at one point in our in our history that uh, Ben Franklin said that it should be considered, and and I don't care if he said it or if he didn't say it. The point is, what you said was exactly what I thought of as soon as I heard that. You mean they get to control the time of day? Washington, D.C., and the poor little podunk states that are all these slaves and servants to the federal government uh, can't even say what time they keep their states, Uh, you know, and so I'm proud of Arizona. We don't care uh, if the cows uh, know what time it is, and most of them have said that it was something to do with with, uh, cattle breeding and and the the dairies and so on and so forth. Uh, well, the sun shines less during the winter and more during the summer. That's just a, a physiological fact. Uh, and so how you make use of the time uh, of the that daylight lasts is up to you and your family and how you run your farm. Uh, you can get up earlier, uh, you can stay up later. Uh, But the sun is only going to shine so much, and that's up to you to take advantage of that however you choose. And it's not up to the tyrants or the dictators or the kings in Washington, D.C. And, yeah, I've had it with that part that Washington thinks they control everything. And the brainwashing of all this, Sam, is that they purport that Washington, D.C. is in charge – is in charge of our lives, in charge of our own health, in charge of our churches and our businesses, and they flat out have no authority to be involved in any of that. And that's the problem with the vax. It's the problem with COVID-19. It's the problem with politics in America. And it's the problem and the subterfuge and corruption of Washington, D.C., that they think they have. This kind of power over us.
1: Well, you got the divide on every single issue in America, including the clock clash. is the point, ladies and gentlemen, set your clocks back and beg the federal government to allow you to set the time on your own watch yourself. Uh, I find it very fascinating that the states have literally zero autonomy in this. Uh, I think the states ought to push back and say, "Have you lost your cotton picking mind on this? Uh, it's just insane." Nineteen plus. States. I don't
7: care if federal government passes it. I don't think Arizona is going to change.
1: Well, so the idea would be if the federal government were to say, hey, states can do what they want to. That's what I think should happen. And you would say, Well, Sam, that'll just create confusion. I don't think so. I think Who bright minds can come along. And <laughs> if there's confusion, there's already confusion. You have what? How many time zones across America now? Four? If you count Hawaii, more?
7: Yeah, I think there's I think there's three and then and then with Hawaii, four.
1: Well, so you've got Pacific.
7: Central you've got and Eastern.
1: Mountain. You've got Central and you've got Eastern, so that's four plus Hawaii. What? Well, it is four. On? Yeah, but
7: Mountain, because there's only there's only three hours between Arizona and and New York right now. And yeah, no, it's, be- when but we it's go because back. of
1: the time change. Yeah, so but when we
7: go back, it's only two hours from. There's
1: Pacific from... time, right? Yeah. There's Mountain time. You're on Pacific right now. Right. Yeah. So it's 7.54 a.m. for me. It's 6.54 a.m. for you. Yeah, I guess that's right. It's 8.54. I never thought of it that way. 9.54. So there's already four plus Hawaii. That's five. Uh, And then when you consider everybody going back and forth, you can't tell me they've made it simpler. I think it's better just to let every state decide for themselves. And personally, what I would support is I would support uh, daylight savings time to be permanent. In other words, go forward one hour, leave it permanent, and I would just stay there year-round. And personally, I would simplify the time zones in America to probably two. Yeah. And it would be very, you know, very easy to accomplish. But anyway, it's a big old battle. And what I find amazing about it, ladies and gentlemen, is if the states want to do anything, a change to federal law would be required. And so you've got Congress that can pass this spending us into oblivion bill. And, but you can't get them to solve the, the clock issue or get the heck out of the clock issue or whatever term you want to use for it. It's just amazing to me. All right. I did find in several articles now, though, they say the the long contentious battle over the spending bill has occurred. The Senate passed it months ago. They've been waiting on the House. Now it goes to Biden's desk. It is already signed by the president. I mean, I'm sorry. It is already passed by the Senate, Sheriff.
7: Hmm. Okay, good. Well, I mean, it's not good, but. Good uh, we I understand don't... what
1: the scoop is. Yeah.
7: I don't get – yeah, I don't get all the uh, vitriol aimed at cinema and mansion. And if it passed, get well, out of the I'll way. I'll tell you
1: why I think the aim at those people are because the, they, they took it in chunks. It's a narrowed bill. They got it passed. They're calling it a victory, but they have part two coming up. Yeah, true. And so I think that's what the beating – browbeating of these people are. And the bottom line is there, as Ron – or Rand Paul wisely puts it in the commercial that I run – I took his words on the Senate floor and turned it into a commercial. But, look, you can't get the Republicans or the Democrats to even save a penny. He had a penny plan where he wanted to save one penny per dollar. Can we just reduce spending one penny per dollar? And he put a bill up, and they everybody, soundly, Republicans, Democrats, everybody rejected it. And he basically says, look, the whole body is fiscally irresponsible with your money. And that's really what I see, Sheriff. Um, I see nothing but games playing. The six Democrats that held out. Uh, they just want to basically partner with the Republicans, and uh, you know they get a lot of coverage, and it helps them raise money for their campaigns and uh, whatever. But nobody's really interested in saving any money at the federal level, period. End of paragraph. Except for maybe a Rand Paul and a couple of others.
7: Yeah. Yeah, it's it's really sad that. Um, well, it goes back to the whole thing that we're talking about, and that is that Washington thinks it can do anything it wants. And that includes uh, frivolous spending of taxpayer dollars, and there's going to be wasteful spending on this, and there's going to be paybacks to big to big donors to the Democrats, uh, just like um, – and I can't believe this guy. I can't believe the absolute uh, shame that Jeff Flake is, uh, says that he is a Second Amendment supporter, says that he's against abortion says that he's against uh, frivolous spending yet he supported joe biden and joe biden just picked him to be an ambassador Uh, and probably because he needs the job because he got fired by arizona in the last uh, election or before that and then he went after of course he went after donald trump uh, because they were fighting because he was fighting with John McCain and uh, Jeff Flake sided with McCain because he always uh, did what McCain told him. And uh, Jeff uh, Flake purports to be uh, a a strong Christian. And uh, he, he, he is a farce. He is a fraud. He's a fake. And uh, he, uh, for him to, uh, go away from his core values uh, to to go back to uh, once again to strike back revenge toward Donald Trump, uh, and for him to do that with with his family is absolutely mind boggling, and it's an absolute pathetic shame. But it's former Republican
1: today. Senator Jeff Flake being tapped by the Biden administration. To be ambassador to Turkey, huh? Yep. Wow.
7: That's a good name for him.
1: (laughs) Wow. That's very interesting, ladies and gentlemen. Again, it just shows the revolving door. The guy gets voted out by the people shut down. But, of course, don't worry, Joe. Baby Joe will bring him right on back. He serves another day. See, you just can't get these people out of office, even with a block and tackle these days. Hour one of the can two coming up the good chair stays with us. God save the republic.
0: Broadcasting live. From atop the Rocky Mountains, the crossroads of the West, West. you are listening to the Liberty Roundtable Radio, talk, radio Show. talk Show. All
1: right, happy to have you along, my fellow American Sam Bushman, on your radio live, hard-hitting talk at your fingertips. A bunch of news the networks refuse to use continues. <laughs> this is the broadcast for Saturday, November the 6th in the year of our Lord, 2021. This is hour 202. The good sheriff Richard Max with me, ladies and gentlemen. We're talking about all kinds of topics. First off, John Statmiller has passed away. Well known talk show host with the National Intel Report. Uh, he also was the founder and owner of RBN, Republic Broadcasting Network. And our prayers go out to him and his family. I don't know exactly how he died. Some say it was unexpected. Others are saying after battling a respiratory illness. I don't really know what that means. Uh, <clears throat> but there you have it. I, I, I pray. For his family, all right. The Kimberling City, Missouri Police Department will be left employeeless. This story came out a little over a month ago, Sheriff. But they say the Kimberling City Police Department in Missouri will be employeeless after the after the staff resigned, leaving all calls to the sheriff's office. So the whole city police department disso- dissolved. Because everybody resigned. According to KY3, I guess that's TV. They say this, until then we'll be answering all the calls in Kimberling City. And then he says this, I find this interesting. We can't enforce city ordinances, but any other calls we will be handling at this time. Sheriff Doug Rader said. R A D E R Doug Raiders, the sheriff there, and I find this to be a very fascinating discussion. Discussion, sheriff, um, you know what? All the police or all the city needs to do is have the city council vote and say yes. You know what? The sheriff's department can't ha- can handle our issues. We're already in his jurisdiction, uh, so it would take a simple city ordinance to do that. But you've really got a conflict set up in America that you and I have worked on and talked about and addressed for a long time, which is these city chiefs and appointed police people in these city laws based on corporate law, if you will, circumvent the jurisdiction of the sheriff and it's a problem. This is a great opportunity for alignment, sir, and a great opportunity, in my opinion, for real solutions. Let the sheriff's department hire more staff members uh, and let the city align themselves with the county. So there's no conflict or jurisdictional battles going on there. Let the elected sheriff be the representative of the people in the executive branch on the local level. Let's get it done. Let's go. Now, that's a time when let's go make sense, Sheriff.
2: It
7: would. And I'm wondering if Sheriff Rader actually understands that, uh, that uh, every community in this country should only have a sheriff's office no question yes, about ladies, that hold
1: on les, les, yes ladies and gentlemen let me be very clear we are talking about abolishing all police departments that have appointed police chiefs uh and all city guidelines and ordinances that set up a battle between the county and the city that's what we're saying right sheriff
7: yeah exactly uh it, it's just an unnecessary expense not that it, the additional for instance the city that just abolished the police department Uh, they could take 75% of the money they were putting into their own police department and move that over to the sheriff's office and contract with him and say, look, we would like the sheriff's office, we would like to simply be included, which we already are inside your jurisdiction. And we know it would take more manpower for you to now take all the calls that were being handled by our police department. And we'll we'll put in 75% Of what we were spending so you can add more manpower to the sheriff's office so you can adequately take the calls by our former police department that would save the city money it would be adequate spending for the sheriff it would be adequate funding for the sheriff to take care of the calls everybody leaves happy police police uh, services are still provided to the people of that city and it saves them money at the same time. Across the board, that is how much at least 25% across the board that the taxpayers would be saving if they did that nationwide. And the, the, the reason why police departments were formed in the first place, historically speaking, is that cities started to incorporate within counties. Nobody thought it was a very big deal to do that. Uh, Certainly, you can have cities uh, within counties, but uh, then the cities wanted their own power source, and the power is with the police department. So they started doing their own police departments, and once it started with one, it just crescendoed and went all across the country, and that's why we have it. But Even I would come little... back
1: and say, why not just have a sheriff's department? Why do we need these incorporated cities in the We don't need place? them. You don't why need not them. just have counties in America with a county sheriff, a county commission, or county advisors? I know they're set up slightly differently, but you've got the, the sheriff that's the executive branch. You've got the uh, legislative body, which is the county commissioners or the county advisors or whatever. Then you've got the district attorney, which is the judicial branch. You've already got the appropriate checks and balances countywide. I don't think we need all these cities at all. I just think it creates an extra layer of government. It creates a conflict locally between officials where they're battling over power and jurisdiction. Right.
7: It does. No question. And and Sam, if you're really going to serve the taxpayers, then you would propose that because it does cost more, just as you alluded to. It does cost more to have another building, um, your own SWAT team, your own vehicles you know and on and on and when I proposed this that we should look at serving the taxpayers in Graham County to the other police departments to the chief of police in Thatcher Pima and Safford they all agreed that it would save money to do it but they all disagreed that they wanted to do it because they said where we believe that we could work with you we don't know who's going to take your place and we don't. What if we can't trust that guy? And so wait, wait, that's wait, where wait, it is.
1: wait, 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 wait. What do you mean? What if we can't trust that guy? The electorate elects that yeah. guy, and if they don't, if they, you know, they can say to the people, "We don't like this guy. Please elect somebody else." Uh, but well, you, the way- what they've done is circumvented an incredible check and balance here, sir.
7: Oh, of course, no question, and they all agreed that it would be better service and better use of taxpayer dollars if we only had the sheriff's office. And I even told them, I said, look, I'm not after a power grab here. I'm simply wanting to serve the taxpayers of this county. They all agreed that that would work, but they said, I said, look, I'm not going to tell you how to run. You guys would still be uh, in charge of your division, the SAFR division, chief, you'll still be heading that. Uh, ultimate say would be mine, but I'm not going to I'm not going to tell you guys uh, how to do your jobs as the division commanders of those uh, areas. I don't want this to be like you think and I'm going to start being a dictator and telling you guys what to do. And I tried to soften it as much as I could, Sam, because the evolution would definitely sooner or later. And if I wanted to use the, the power over them, I could have. Because that's what we were agreeing to, that there would only be one sheriff's office for the entire county. And so I tried to soften it as much as I possibly could and said, your positions are, are secure. But they all knew deep down that if I wanted to become a tyrant, that I could have. And that they would not be able to work with me if I did. But they said, we don't know if the next guy is going to be as flexible and easy to work with like you are. And, and so to be able to tell the chiefs that the city councils are now not your boss, that I am, that was too much for them to take. And they didn't support it because of that.
1: It's so an epic I battle, try. ladies and gentlemen of serious repercussions, but let me make the and point. It's not,
7: gonna it's, not gonna I, I it's not going to change. It's not going to change. I know it's not going to, but like we it. still want
1: to teach to the ideal sheriff. And that's what this is about. No, exactly. Teaching the ideal living in the real and understanding it. But here's the point. I don't think we need these uh, city police departments. They're appointed by a mayor or they're appointed by a city council or they're appointed by a city manager or it all depends on the infrastructures of these counties and cities. They're slightly different um, by design. I understand all that. But look, ladies and gentlemen, right now everybody wants to defund the cops, and the reason they do is because the cops are out of control. I get it. I'm not for defunding the police, so I think that's a foolish move. However, I am for changing the very structure of the way our law enforcement works in an effort to create ultimate accountability. And being elected versus appointed is a huge step teaching to the ideal again in the right direction, ladies and gentlemen. So this one city just literally lost all their police. And so the sheriff's dealing with it in the meantime, but he's got kind of a jurisdictional conflict in that he can't deal with, I meaning can't enforce city ordinances, which I find very interesting since the city lies within his county jurisdiction. So he's the county sheriff, but the bigger these cities become, the greater the populations in the city, the less sh- the sheriff really has authority over. Because somebody appointed, he's at odds with by very nature. Now listen to the next article, headline, and we'll then put this in complete discussion perspective. Here it is. If the police lie, should they be held accountable? Often, sadly, in America, the answer is no by law. Of course, you and I, the average American, would say absolutely if the cops lie, they should be held accountable. But no, no. By law, the answer, oftentimes the answer is no. Federal agents and police officers who work with police departments are often immune from lawsuits even for serious rights violations. And now the Supreme Court is being asked to, quote, reevaluate that. We'll dig into this and get the sheriff's take and align these two stories. And we'll do it all in seconds on the one and only Liberty Roundtable Live.
8: just like a credit card. Or I can ask them to drop it right into Mommy and Daddy's bank account because we're a UPMA member family. Find out more at upma.org. That's upma.org.
4: Why don't we say to the government writ large that they have to spend a little bit less? Anybody ever had less money this year than you had last? Anybody better have a 1% pay cut? You deal with it. And there will be a day of reckoning. What's the day of reckoning? The day of reckoning may well be the collapse of the stock market. The day of reckoning may be the collapse of the dollar. When it comes, I can't tell you exactly, but I can tell you it has happened repeatedly in history when countries ruin their currency.
1: The reason this critical battle is so important, ladies and gentlemen, the clash between between police chiefs and appointed police departments and the sheriff's department is because what's going to happen is you're going to move more and more and more to state and federal law enforcement officers, which is disaster on steroids. But if a federal law enforcement officer lies, manipulates witnesses and falsifies evidence, should they be responsible and accountable for those damages? If the police lie, should they be held liable? According to law, the answer is oftentimes no. For decades, the Supreme Court and Congress have declined to close the many loopholes like qualified immunity that protect the police from accountability, ladies and gentlemen. Granted, qualified immunity, that's a doctrine created by the courts that literally creates a, quote, constitution-free zone ladies and gentlemen, that shields officers from lawsuits. Okay, so the courts created this qualified immunity doctrine. The Supreme Court is seriously a problem here, all the way from the local courts to the because what they say is this. Well, we can't let you sue that cop. We can't let you do this. We can't let you do that because they have qualified immunity, Uh, and that's a doctrine created by the courts, but yet they say Congress has to fix it, just like Congress has to solve the time problem wow folks look where we are we're always stuck looking at Congress who's the do-nothing Congress except destroy the people's finances and and way of life and when it comes to anything productive so you're always looking at Congress or the courts for every decision on the planet ladies and gentlemen this is disaster and this qualified immunity has got to go and this is why so many people are angry at the cops uh, Sheriff is that there's no accountability you can have your rights flat-out violated and what the court will say is sorry we created that doctrine. We're not the lawmakers, but we created that doctrine. And now Congress would have to fix it for us to solve the problem we've created. Uh, and I can do nothing for you. Your cause is just, so-and-so mm-hmm. citizen. Your rights are violated. Your cause is just, but we can do nothing for you, buddy. Sorry. That's where we are today. No wonder people are angry with the cops. Sheriff?
7: Yeah, uh, there's two there's two sides of that point, Sam. Uh, first of all, cops lie all the time and I'm going to admit something here, I did. And I'll show, I'll tell you in what respect. When I was interrogating a suspect, I would lie to him and say, look, we've already got so-and-so who's told us the truth. Even, okay, even exposure, we've already got them telling the truth. The question is, are you going to tell the truth and and so we can tell the judge and the prosecutor that you cooperated and uh, and see if this goes better for you or if you get your plea bargain or and so on and so forth. Sometimes I even question that if we should be allowed at all in any negotiate in any interrogation or interview of a suspect that we're allowed to lie. Okay. Because it is a trick. And, and I, and I wonder about that sometimes, uh, but we did it all the time. And, and Sam, you know i was an undercover cop my daily life was a lie i lied about who i was i lied about my career i, li- I lied ab- and in fact a lot of the people on the streets and in the bars that i worked with uh, to try to get them arrested for building drugs or whatever sometimes it was fencing stolen property but They would ask you, and they thought that it was a rule and that it was a Supreme Court decision, that if you asked a cop who's undercover, a narc or whatever you want to call him, if you asked him if he was really a police officer, he had to tell you the truth. Well, that was a farce, and it's not true, uh, and it had to do with something entirely different, but I lied. I lied. My, My driver's license was a lie. It had the name Gary Layton on it, and that's not who I am. Uh, But when it comes to what you're talking about, that I uh, or a cop is so dishonest that he violates, and sometimes just through ignorance, but both are horrible, that they violate the rights, the civil rights, the God-given rights, the natural rights of a human being, of somebody that we're supposed to be serving and protecting then that's an entirely different story. And yes, absolutely, the cops should be held liable for that. And therein lies our training because we will save police departments and sheriff's offices a lot in that regard if they will come to our training and learn and understand the constitutionality of our jobs and what we are really required to do by law. And by oath, by solemn, sacred oath that we should be doing and, and how we should be conducting ourselves. So we have two of those arguments. One, there's no argument. We cannot lie or commit acts of deceit that, that harm the, the individual or that violate their rights. Now and and that violate – and
1: I we want to clarify this, Sheriff – and that violate due process. I know that's part of your rights, so it's included in well, what you're course. saying, but I want to specifically call it out.
7: Exactly. And and then we can have that argument, well, if you trick somebody into confessing, well, what I would say there is you don't have to talk to me. No one understand your rights, but once you waive your rights to talk – then just about anything can happen. I mean I, I'm not going to violate your rights. You tell me you're not going to speak. I'm not going to tell you you have to. In fact, I'm required by law, by you know, by case precedent, I'm, I'm pretty much required to uh, a mirandize, mirandize you and tell you what your rights are. But – and it's not a violation of the law if I don't. It's a violation of your rights if I don't and – then you get off. That can't be used against you in court. You might not get off, but that that would – I tricked you to say, and you, you, you told me you didn't want to, but I interrogated you anyway, that you wanted a lawyer, and I interrogated you anyway. None of that can be used against you. So it's my bad, and it comes back on me. But I still am 50-50 on this can I lie to a suspect who I'm interrogating that just kidnapped your daughter. Would you prefer – wouldn't you prefer that I trick him, get him to believe that I have something on him when I really don't? And and his mistake is you should have asked for a lawyer, and you should have told me to shut up because I just told you you have the right to do that. And so I, I don't – Sam, I would never uh, support uh, torture. I would never torture anyone. I would not deprive them of food or water or any other kind of torture at all to get the truth. And I don't care if it's somebody who kidnapped your daughter or mine or your granddaughter or mine or your grandson or mine. I would not do it. I, We cannot lower ourselves that far to go after this. But can I lie and trick you into telling me where Sam Bushman's granddaughter is? I would do that. And I still would do it. And I I guess I'm saying the end justifies the mean.
1: But well, Sheriff, I would if, agree with your points. And what I think we can do, though, is I think we can craft the law to not just have diplomatic immunity, if you will. In other words, immunity, no matter what you do, you're flat out protected by government, no matter what you do. Yeah, I'm I think that. we can craft the law that, that says, listen, if you need to use a little bit of, of – um, misguided information to go ahead and get to the bottom of something, that's justifiable. But if you lie to violate um, uh, my rights in in a way that protects you as a cop or that protects you as a person because you've taken action that isn't lawful or constitutional or moral, or uh, what I mean is there's a way to to deal with both of those um, situations. I don't think the two are the same. Well, I think that's better.
7: Yeah. And I, and I agree with that, but you know, I had people say working undercover, you're lying to everybody and it's, uh, I don't agree with it at all. And I said, look, uh, I guess lying of of any kind should not be excused morally, but you know what, for us to go in and get people who are uh, human trafficking Uh, exploiting children, uh, abusing children, uh, kidnapping children, murdering children. To go and infiltrate the secret groups that are doing that, it's their rules, their rules of staying secret. And to infiltrate them, you have to do it clandestinely. And so to go in there and, and, and try to pretend to be one of them or to act like you're uh, part of them, uh, to save that girl, to save that boy, uh, I would do that in a, in a minute, and that's what I did undercover. Since then, I've seen that the drug war is a farce, and, uh, and that's a good story.
1: Yeah, where are the lines, ladies and gentlemen? When is the motive intentionally good? And when does the uh, manipulation of witnesses and the tampering with of evidence, uh, when does it become kind of a problem? How do we have both is the real question. Well, there's a FISA court discussion that's going to shed light on this in a second. Hang tight. Exposing corruption.
0: Informing citizens. Pursuing liberty. You're listening to Liberty News Radio. USA Radio News with Lance Pride. New unemployment numbers from the Labor Department were just released. The number of Americans seeking first-time jobless benefits dropped again last week. Initial filings for unemployment benefits seen as a proxy for layoffs fell to 269,000. That's down 14,000 from the prior week's level. The Occupational Safety and Hazard Administration, or OSHA, is giving employers with more than 100 employees a January 4th deadline to comply with President Biden's COVID-19 vaccine mandate and threatening thousands of dollars in fines for defiant businesses. Considering an airborne virus outside of a hospital environment, a work hazard is a first for the agency. Separate from OSHA, the Center for Medicaid and Medicare Services are issuing a rule to require health workers in facilities that participate in Medicare and Medicaid be fully vaccinated. The CMS rule also goes into effect January 4th. This is USA Radio News.
6: With confusion around vaccinations, masks, and public screenings, it's important to know the symptoms of COVID and its variants. Fever is the leading sign, so make sure to use an accurate thermometer for your family. Only the Exergen Temporal Scanner Thermometer has been proven accurate with more than 100 clinical studies. Non contact thermometers have no clinical evidence behind them and cannot be relied on. Be vigilant and be accurate with Exergen. Learn more at Exergen.com. Exergen is changing
8: the way the world takes temperature.
3: From city streets to back roads. From road warrior to carpooler. There are some things you can always count on. Like the reliability, durability, and power of Die Hard. America's most trusted auto battery. No matter where your journey takes you, count on Die Hard to get you started on the road ahead. Available at your local Advance Auto Parts and
0: participating CarQuest stores. Although a recount has been requested, It looks as if the governor's mansion in New Jersey will not have a new occupant.
5: No, that's not Bruce Springsteen, but it is the newly re-elected New Jersey governor, Democrat Phil Murphy, celebrating last night after Tuesday's election results finally came into focus. It appears he has won with a lead of under 20,000 votes over the Republican challenger, Jack Cittarelli, a New Jersey assembly member. Governor Murphy celebrating. The first
1: Democratic governor re-elected in the great state of New Jersey since my dear
5: In the New England Bureau of USA Radio News, I'm Chris Barnes.
0: The company Smartmatic filed separate defamation lawsuits against Newsmax and One America News Network Wednesday, accusing the networks of knowingly peddling disinformation about its voting technology during the 2020 presidential election. They say a disinformation campaign harms Smartmatic's business model. USA Radio News.
1: good sheriff, Richard Max, with me, ladies and gentlemen, the Constitutional Sheriff's and Peace Officers Association, CSPOA.org. The good sheriff is the president. I'm the operations manager of the CSPOA. We're bringing up this very controversial topic, ladies and gentlemen. Hey, if the cops lie, should they be accountable? What if they manipulate witnesses? What if they falsify evidence? Should they be liable? Should they be accountable? Oftentimes, the answer is no, they have absolute immunity, and that's what's getting people really, really mad. And on one hand, you know what, I get the people's side. On the other hand, I get the Sheriff Mack point of view, which is, hey, if I do things that really put people in prison and protect others, you know what, I'm going to do it in a second. The question becomes, where is the right and the wrong in this? And let me tell you why I'm asking this question right now. The Supreme Court has just been authorized by Biden's deep state to terrorize Americans. The Supreme Court just abandoned the Constitution, ladies and gentlemen. Let me explain, then we'll have the sheriff respond. They buckled to the Biden administration and the radical left. And now Biden's deep state will have free reign to terrorize Americans. You may remember the FISA court as the secret court that approved the Russiagate wish hunt against President Trump and his associates, right? They used the, quote, phony steel dossier as the pretext to go after their political enemies, ladies and gentlemen. They did so in total secret without even Congress knowing about it, right? Groups from both parties have been challenging the secrets of the FISA courts. And believe it or not, one lawsuit finally made its way up to the Supreme Court. But sadly, the U.S. Supreme Court jettisoned the Constitution and refused to to take up the case. Now Joe Bison's FISA court has free reign to abuse Americans calling them terrorists. This includes law-abiding gun owners, parents who do not want critical race theory or sex perverted sex taught in their schools. Uh, these are people who um, oppose COVID restrictions. All kinds of people are in the crosshairs of this thing. According to a report in Reuters, Yeah, the ACLU says the public has a right to know, but, of course, Joe Biden did everything he could to keep the FISA court secret. He did this because he can use this as a whipping tool to go after his political enemies. As Reuters reported, Joe Biden's administration urged the Supreme Court not to take up the case and deal with the appeal. Now, here's what's interesting, ladies and gentlemen. You ready for this? There were two Supreme Court justices on the Supreme Court who dissented, arguing that the Biden administration should not be allowed to hide their abuses of power. Now, any guesses who these justices are? Sheriff Mack?
7: Do I do I have any guesses who the two were that dissented? Dissenting.
1: So the dissenting yeah. one said, hey, man, we shouldn't have this secret FISA thing. Joe Biden has no right to do this. Right. The court I would, said we're not taking up the case. Thomas and Gorsuch. I wish you were right. You're half right. These justices came from opposite ends of the spectrum. Conservative Justice Gorsuch is one of them, and Sonia Sotomayor is the other one. And this alliance may surprise many people, but it's actually nothing new, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, Basically, the Gorsuch and Sotomayor are funding, are creating what they call a Libertarian wing of the courts that support the First Amendment and free speech, etc. They call it a civil libertarian alliance between Gorsuch and Sotomayor. They were voted down 7-2 to when they tried to take on the secret FISA court. This means the FISA court will continue to have unlimited power and no accountability, ladies and gentlemen. This is serious, serious uh, business folks. They say Congress needs to step in and fix the problem before we lose American liberty forever. They say one way to fix it would be to change how FISA judges are uh, are selected. Right now, believe it or not, whacked out, whacked out Chief Justice John Roberts has single say on which judges get put on the FISA court. And of course, conservatives know how untrustworthy and anti-liberty Roberts is. They say the best way to fix the FISA court would be to bring transparency to it. The American public has the right to know what its courts are doing. Otherwise, they say, hey, we're in serious trouble. Now, I agree and disagree. I don't think the best way to fix its transparency. I think the best way to fix it is to get rid of it. We don't need a FISA court. We already had courts in the land before FISA even came along. But, Sheriff, this is a very unique situation now where Joe Biden literally has so much authority I fear we can't even stop him anymore. Congress is relegated to the sidelines. If a congressman steps up all by himself, uh, all he's got to do is stick the FISA court and the IRS after him. Uh, Congress can't stick together. Uh, And so I'm afraid that the president and the courts have so much control of the country now, we don't have a constitutional republic, Sheriff.
7: Yeah, no kidding. And um, it it shows in so many different ways. But yes, the constitutional republic Uh, is, well, it's gone. Uh, The only thing that we can hope for is that we can get our Constitution off of life support and uh, restore her in our counties. Uh, This whole thing, Sam, goes so deep, and it is so indicative uh, and very stark indication of the utter corruption in Washington, D.C. I do not trust the U.S. Supreme Court uh, they have allowed the the uh, vaccine mandates to continue. They've allowed the tyranny to continue. They have supported tyranny across the country. They they could have put a stop to a lot of this and and ended this ridiculous charade of does government in Washington D.C. have any proper authority or constitutional uh, power to control our lives and to control our health care decisions. And the the Supreme Court has actually sided on on the side of tyranny. And and this is uh, the biggest ultimate question here, Sam, is one we have posed at the CSPOA. When the Supreme Court is obviously so utterly wrong on an issue, what do the states do? What do sheriffs do? Are we required in any way to support an out-of-control, overreaching, illegal decision, unconstitutional, unlawful, immoral decision by the United States Supreme Court? I believe we are bound by oath to still oppose it. And, and then, of course, people are going to say, well, where did you get the authority to do that? I got it when I was born. And I got it when I took my oath. That's why. That's where I got it. And liberty comes first. Not your political agenda. Not your political dogma. Not your political corruption. Not your misuse of public funds. (coughs) It comes because liberty is first. And, Sam, that's where we've got to wake up. We've been brainwashed that the federal government can do whatever it wants. And it can't. But if we allow it, they're going to keep doing it.
1: And it's all the changes one at a time that in their unit or in their singularity, they don't really have that much impact. Hey, we have an appointed police chief in this city. No big deal. Hey, we have a FISA court that, you know, hey, checks into terrorism. Well, now the American people, the terrorists and so the FISA court continues in secret. Um it's one little singular issue at a time. is not that big a deal. But when you put together the totality, they've literally dismantled the Constitution. They've literally jettisoned the Republican or the Republic, I'm sorry, uh, way of life with its checks and balances. And, and they've relegated us to a third world um, country because, look, if the cops lie, should they be held liable? You can't deal with that. The Supreme Court just abandoned the Constitution. Hey, secret courts are the order of the day now. You're a terrorist. Now, Casey Cortez just came out and said Democrats lost Virginia because they were not far left enough. So she's doubling down and saying, hey, you got to be more far left. I mean, these radicals are just getting started, ladies and gentlemen. You ain't seen nothing yet. Now there's a headline that says number sign, do not comply. So it's hashtag don't comply or do not comply. Trends on Twitter as Daily Wire files lawsuit challenging Biden's vaccine mandate, Sheriff. I've seen
7: some of that, and uh, the courts just don't look like they're in any position uh, to change that or to get in Biden's way or to get in any of the tyrants' way. And I don't know if it's because they're all political hacks. I don't understand why... uh, uh, Barrett and uh, Kavanaugh are siding with the Democrats and siding uh, with the destruction of li- liberty in this country. I don't get it. I, I thought they were better people than that. But obviously, Trump was wrong. He pushed both of them too quickly, and both of them have proved to be, a, be disasters.
1: Number signer, hashtag do not comply. Daily Wire files suit against the Biden administration. Ron DeSantis speaks out. We'll tell you about that in seconds.
6: You know where the solution can be found, Mr. President? In churches, in wedding chapels, in maternity wards across the country and around the world. More babies will mean forward-looking adults, the sort we need to tackle long-term, large-scale problems. American babies in particular The solution to so many of our problems, at all times and in all places, is to fall in love, get married, and have some kids.
1: All right, ladies and gentlemen, you got to commend the Daily Wire. They're filing a lawsuit against Joe Biden's vax mandate. Good for them. But, again, I don't believe lawsuits are the answer. You're just giving the courts too much power. They've already got too much power, folks. It's out of control. we got to nullify now, but no governors, no state legislative bodies, no sheriffs at the county level have the guts Is the problem, so we're in trouble. Not enough people standing for the sacred cause of liberty. I can promise you that right now. Now, Ron DeSantis speaking out and bringing up a very important truth. He says this. The rule created by OSHA and President Biden under the guise of emergency power. So Ron DeSantis announces lawsuit challenging Biden's, quote, OSHA vaccine mandate. Even Ron DeSantis is saying, look, you've done this under OSHA, but OSHA can only do it if it's an emergency. You can't call a 10-day flat in the curve turning into two years later an emergency. The president might have the ability to act in a real emergency situation, but we're well beyond that, is Ron DeSantis' point. I think he's spot on, Sheriff.
7: Well, actually, he is. Um, uh, I'm really liking that guy. Uh, he, he's uh, taken some very strong stands, and most of them have been absolutely correct. And when he made the announcement to... Our nation's police, who are being uh, what harangued, uh, unconstitutionally treated, uh, and treated immorally by our government, and threatened with their jobs if they don't do what they're told about their own health, uh, he's told them, "Hey, we don't have the max, uh, the Vax mandate here. Uh, we believe in liberty, and we love police." And you're welcome to come here. Any cop moving in from another state will be given a $5,000 bonus and get to work here. We still need you, and we still want you, and we still respect you. I think that kind of leadership is what we need nationwide. And the sheriffs of this country have got to start standing. And I guess that segues into another thing that uh, we, we have going on in our country, and that is Sheriff Alex Villanueva in Los Angeles. I never thought I'd see this, but he is taking a strong stand against the uh, VAX mandate. Love seeing that, especially in Los Angeles County, where we have never seen such leadership uh, in in the history of of law enforcement. It's fantastic. People are starting to push back. Sheriffs and and, uh, police officers are pushing back. And uh, I'm I'm really grateful to see uh, that it is, and that tyranny is not uh, winning. uh, It's not happening unfettered, and people are starting to stand, and it's great to see Sheriff Villanueva do the same. Yeah, we're trying to reach out to him to get get him on the
1: radio and TV with us as well, so we'll keep an eye on that ball, hopefully, the good sheriff in L.A. County. Sheriff Alex Villanueva, is that how you say it? Villanueva. Villanueva, all right, Sheriff Villanueva, Um, and I appreciate Ron DeSantis saying, hey, we'll give the cops 5000 bucks to relocate to Florida, but again, I would really, 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 really appreciate these police being under the county sheriff, the elected official, uh, not under the appointed police chief's status, ladies and gentlemen. And I know you could say that's a minor point, but it's a critical point when it comes to accountability and who that leader pays attention to. That's critical. Um. All right. When will schools start to require vax proof, Sheriff? You know, that's coming. If they're done it in the workplace, they first start with the adults and then the children pretty soon they'll say, Hey, you got to have a, you got to have a vaccinated kid or they can't go to school. They're not quite there yet, but they're going to be there. Go
2: home.
7: Tell all these parents, look, some of you might not be able to stay home every day and, Teach your kid. I get that. I understand. But there are homeschool associations that can take over for this. Go home. Leave these socialistic schools, these indoctrination centers for, for tyranny and socialism, and leave. W- vote with your feet. Uh, stop uh, haranguing. Uh, not, and that's probably not worth it. Stop stop investing emotionally in your school boards who are so stupid that they can't even see straight and go home and start your own uh, homeschooling for your children um, my oldest son has done that with their oldest daughter uh, they're homeschooling now and there's a lot of other people that are doing it and you can teamwork with them and you can do a lot on the internet and you can still get associations that that still provide, social interaction with other people who believe the same way and go home let's tell these schools to shove it uh they're teaching crap to your kids anyway they don't teach american history they're trying to do crt so well sheriff what do you
1: expect when it's the 10th plank of the communist manifesto what do you expect to happen
7: well yeah no kidding so
1: All right, let me ask you an interesting question about this vaccine for kids, though. Here's what I find so incredibly fascinating. Now, I'm just kind of dumb, okay, Sheriff? So help me with my ignorance, okay? Okay, okay. Here it is. Pfizer's COVID vaccine is now available for kids. Will schools require it? Asks USA Today. Then they go on and they say this. Then they say this is awesome, though. Listen. The company's vaccine cleared another hurdle on Tuesday. With the Center for Disease Control and Prevention, the CDC, authorizing its emergency use for kids. Did you Hmm. catch that, my fellow Americans? Remember how they told you that the vaccine was approved, Sheriff? Yes. So why do we need emergency authorization for kids if the vaccine's already approved status?
7: The only reason we need it, Sam, is the only reason anybody needs it, and because it's a farce, and it's subterfuge, and it's corruption, and it's government control, and you can only, Sam, you can only answer that question that you just asked. You can only answer it if you get into conspiracy theories. And, and that's that's the truth of the matter because there is no other, other logical answer because children do not get COVID-19. <clears throat> the ages 5 to 11 that they're pushing that on, they don't get it. As a matter of fact, the death rate for COVID-19 for children in that age group is 1 in 1 million. And that is a quote from... Tucker Carlson. It's also a quote uh, from uh, Gary Haven, and he, he actually said it was one in 500,000, which both of them are literally a zero percentage. It's literally zero. When you can go on to point zero 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 something. Literally, statistically speaking, it's a zero. They don't get it. So what's happening here, Sam? Why are not churches getting involved in pushing back on this and this lie? Why are, why are churches not standing against tyranny? Why are Well, I just
1: don't understand why we have to have emergency freedom. use for this. I don't understand why we have to have emergency use for this if it's already. There is I thought emergency. they said that it got approved. <laughs> that also. If it's That's approved, why. ladies and gentlemen, we don't need emergency use status. If we need emergency use status, then whatever they're injecting into your child's arm is not approved. Which is it, you ignorant people? I speak out about this and you say I'm a conspiracy theorist. I just want to know the facts. If Pfizer's vaccine is approved now, you don't need emergency use status. Well, you say, Sam, it's approved for adults and not for kids. Uh, I see. So at what age then? Is it 18 years old? Magically, a 17-year-old needs emergency proof? Or approval, or okay, they're playing games, folks, they and are. it's a problem. There you have it. HF, yeah. hey, are you ready for the coming everything shortage?
7: The what shortage?
1: The coming everything shortage.
7: Coming everything shortage.
1: Yeah, everything's going to be in shortage supply pretty soon.
7: I'm not, well, China has already told the people, they've already announced that they're expecting huge shortages and that everybody should start stocking up. If China is everything
1: shortage, yes, and it is because China's melting down with power. They don't have uh, their power's not stable. Uh, We're melting down in America because we're firing all the truckers. I don't know if you know this, but literally, they say about uh, the trucking industry could lose thirty-seven percent of drivers over Bidening or Biden vaccine or vaccine mandate. They say it's worsening supply chain issues by the second. Because of the mandate now, literally 37% of the truckers, we've already got a massive trucker shortage. Now they say 37% are just simply not going to haul any freight. Well, because they can't. They're not vaccinated. They're not getting the vaccine, sir.
7: Who do truckers actually need to be around? They don't need to be around another human being. You park your trailer at a grocery store. Yeah, and but what, hold
1: on. But what if your trucking company it's says on. you got to be vaxxed?
7: Well, I understand that, but they still don't. Have to come within six feet of another human being.
1: Doesn't matter. Yeah. <laughs> that's for sure. The big corporations <laughs> don't care.
7: Well, we know mm-hmm. that the truth doesn't get in the way of their agenda here, that's for sure.
1: Sadly, the science uh, and the truth doesn't seem to matter to these people, but they're calling it the quote everything shortage now. The coming everything yeah. shortage. Of course. Uh there you have it. And the final story of the hour that I want to get to you is this, ladies and gentlemen. They're working on cameras in the classroom nationwide is a nationwide initiative uh cameras in the is the website for it and they really believe that all we got to do to get the uh, schools to fly right is put cameras in the classroom sheriff and i couldn't i can't think they're more wrong they couldn't be more wrong if they tried
7: to to be honest with you there there was a couple of times i wished i would have had one <laughs> I understand your point, but I (laughs) I don't want us
1: to have a surveillance society everywhere, and that's where we're getting. No, I don't either. And I I also believe that if you think that you can put your kids in a communist school and have a camera that is going to stop communism, you're wrong.
7: Right. Well, this is what I said even to that, Sam. I told my class, if there's ever a time where I or one of your classmates gets completely out of control, I'm giving – all of you or any of you permission to turn on your phones and record it so you know and some classrooms you had to put your phone in a in a holding area over on a board and each person's uh, phone was in a numerical order so you could just get that put it up when you come in and pick it up when you leave I kind of like that too but we I didn't do it in my classroom and I, I was dead serious If anybody ever does something, uh, you have your phones, you're not allowed to use them in class, and you can't even have them out. Uh, Even if they're answering a call from their mother or father, they're not allowed to have them out. And, And so I totally agree with you. It's not necessary. And in an emergency, you can always have one available.
1: And ladies and gentlemen, I would say this. you know, If you don't trust them to teach your children, don't just hire a nanny that you don't trust with a spy cam. Why don't right. you move your children to a trusted scenario? I don't believe in any people that don't flat out believe in God should teach it all, in my opinion, my children at all anyway. But that's a whole nother topic. All I'm telling you is now they're trying to put cameras in every classroom Whoops. as if that'll fix I don't it. want more well the in co-
7: society either.
1: Amen. Did that stop all the cops from getting out of control, these cameras? Oh, no, the body cam was turned off. Oh, sorry. <laughs> okay, all I'm saying is, folks... We've got to create accountability in America, and it starts with morality in the people. After all, we declare this nation shall endure. But you gotta get involved and make it a, make a difference, will you? God save the republic! Thanks, sheriff.